everyone. Thanks for tuning into Power Athlete Radio, featuring the crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, Power Athlete Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Premier Podcast of Strength and Conditioning Power Athlete Radio. I'm John Walborn, and I'm joined by... Chris McQuilkin. Ah, good to see you, Chris. Thanks for joining us on Power Athlete Radio. Are you our guest? You're today? welcome. <laughs> I <laughs> no, I'm fucking kidding. You're my co-host. co-host. I'll tell you, you this: you are my co-host. Uh, I thought it you funny. You win beneath my wings. Thank you. Uh, my my TSAC presentation, my lead off for the introduction. Co-host of Power Athlete Radio. Nice. Above all other. Uh, I don't know credentials, whatever you wanted to read. I'd let off with that one, dude. It, well, it's the only one that's on an acronym. Everything else is an acronym, so people don't know what that is. Unless you're in an environment like you are at the TSAC, where it's all acronyms. It is all acronyms. Yeah. You're like, uh, it just it's hilarious when I see the presentations, the amount of acronyms people are throwing behind the names. I think most of them are just made up. People don't even know what it is. Do you nobody put, wants to ask. Do you put MFCEO behind yours? No, I do not. <laughs> no, because I'm not the motherfucking CEO. I'm just, uh, I don't know what I am. I'm kind of. Just a big monkey. Yeah, just a big monkey. I like the big monkey. So my buddy Rick years ago, that's his uh, nickname. He's called me Big Monkey. He's like, you're like a big monkey. I'm like, oh, that's why we have Third Monkey, which I originally wanted to call Big Monkey, but I got a whole different Big Monkey project on the side. So, Well, technically Big Monkey writes the Third Monkey program. <laughs> so anyone following uh, that gets a little message from the Big Monkey. Yeah, there are, there are some monkey programs in this whole thing. So, Well... We got a guest from across the world for today's Power Athlete Radio Hotline. Uh, so we got a hotline question. Uh-huh. If, if uh, anybody has not heard they've been living underneath a stone, Power Athlete has this deal called the Power Athlete Hotline where we ask people that listen to this podcast and follow the training programs on Train Heroic to call in and leave questions on anything. Could be health, fitness, performance, movies, trucks, you know, whatever it looks like, life. And uh, one of... Our favorites, we're going to get a little one, which I don't think we've answered any of this stuff to, uh, recently on Bone Healing. No. So um, why don't you cue this up? But before we do, if you don't know the number to that hotline, 929-464-464. 929-ing-ing. Zero. Cool. And Hit us up. Please international. Please we take international calls like our texts, emails, and phone calls. So That's right. No pictures of genitalia yeah no don't send those they go right to texas phone <laughs> so if you you're send not them, wrong they go right to texas phone. They do. all right fire it up g'day john texan crew this is joe from Peace. australia calling uh, i'm reaching out some advice hey, is he from new jersey collarbone racing motocross uh after listening to the woodski and zanis podcast do you guys have any great recommendations specifically for healing bones uh, whatever it may be, from micronutrients to power dots, uh, anything else outside the box, so I'd really appreciate it. Um, keen to get back into Jack Street training. Thanks, guys, for all that you do, and have a great day. Cheers. All right. Good. So the number one factor for healing a bone is time. Mm. Most people heal pretty well, pretty rapidly from bone healing. But if you needed to accelerate your bone healing, or if you wanted to make sure that you were healing, obviously you talked about nutrition. You got to have your nutrition on point. You're obviously going to need to be eating a high protein diet. 
the other thing that always gets popped around, and when I broke my leg, they gave me a ton of calcium supplements. So they gave me all these like chewable calcium kind of wafers, and I was kind of chewing them like, uh, like breath mints. The only problem is anybody that's ever taken a calcium supplement knows that they're extremely... Um, Laxative? No, the opposite. They're, they make you constipated. Ah. So you got to be careful on that. Or you're going to have to you know, run into some problems later. So be smart on that one. The other one too, uh, papaya extract. Papaya extract increases your platelet count in your blood. So Interesting. that actually ends up being a player for bone healing. So increasing platelet count. So papaya extracts, some uh, calcium supplements and making sure your diet is uh, one high in protein. Um, the other one, lifting weights stresses the bone. So being able to do something. I mean, obviously, we know Wolf's Law that uh, bones that are stressed will react. So while I know it's kind of counterintuitive, you're thinking, well, I broke my collarbone. How do I lift weights? You have to do some form of loading to get it to progress. So, I mean, whether it's, you know, manual resistance or just pushing against a band, being able to find some way to load the joint, just not doing nothing until it heals itself is not always beneficial. Now, if you want to get a little bit more into like the science of this stuff, there's something called a bone stimulator. And it's a device that generates electrical current that encourages bone growth. Um, you know, it's like an ultrasound or a pulsed electromagnetic or electro, um, what is it, electromagnetic waves. So it's usually a device that they clamp on and uh, it pushes electromagnetic waves through the joint and is supposed to lead to, you know, the current ends up stimulating bone. They call it a bone stimulator, which is funny because they used to strap it on. And I was like, well, let me see your hand. I'll show you the bone stimulator. And that was my joke to them every day. But they'd be like, I'm like, hey, you're putting the bone simulator in the wrong place. I believe I ordered the hand job. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's one more piece of tech that I've used at Dr. Bob's and also Inkladon. So there's a deal called the Pulse XL Pro, and it's Pulse Electromagnetic Field Therapy, known as PEMF. So PEMF therapy. So I don't know what's going on down there in Australia. I don't know, like, uh, um, you know, whether or not that stuff's controlled or if it's even made it that far. But I know when I had surgery, uh, I would go and uh, have Dr. Bob put the thing on my shoulder and it's great for healing injuries. Um, I don't necessarily know how it would affect uh, the bone, but I know when I had my shoulder shaved down, uh, they shaved a ton of bone off my AC joint. I would put that thing on and it kind of ached, but I thought I think it helped it heal faster. So take a look at that for the PEMF. Uh, talk to your doctor about a bone simulator. And then for the most part, um, I think the, the big key is going to be uh, nutrients. So figuring out where you're micronutrient deficient, being able to supplement with some things, eat a high protein diet, which it probably sounds, and then find some way of stressing the joint. For for a collarbone, like so that's, you can't cast that, right? No. Nah, so He's I broke, locked in in a yeah, sling? I broke my collarbone when I was uh, pretty young, maybe three or four years old. We were playing tackle football, and I remember it clear as day. Uh, we were, I was running around playing tackle football. My older brother picked me up and basically slammed me head first on the ground. And as I was getting my head out of the way, my shoulder hit, I heard a crunch. I went over and I started crying to my mom and my member, my neighbor was there and I remember he was an old fighter pilot and I remember he had a drink in his hand cause he always drank gin and tonics and he was trying to talk to my mom about something. I come over crying and I remember he gave me a quarter to shut up. And I went inside and my mom was like, you know, basically stop crying. I went back inside. Uh, this was kind of like we ate dinner. It was still hurting. Uh, I went to bed and then my shoulder fell in the night, which means that like all of a sudden you break your collarbone, like everything, you can kind of keep it up. But then when it relaxes, basically the whole shoulder falls. 
So I woke up and my shoulder was hanging down. My mom freaked out and went over to the neighbor's house. Uh, Dr. Wilson, who was an orthopedic surgeon, he set the shoulder in his kitchen. Mm. And then they made me a, a little sling out of a dish towel. So we didn't have insurance. So I was uh, in injuries were, were like dealt with at my neighbor's house. He would stitch us up and everything. He, Dr. Wilson just did all that. And uh, so they made me a little dish towel sling. And I had that for a long time. And eventually it just heals itself. To quote Joe Dirt, luckily my neck broke my fall. So the interesting thing uh, was, uh, you know, obviously you guys know I've, I've had some shoulder issues. And when I first moved out here to Texas, um, I would, uh, so there's a, um, uh, a chiropractor that I would go see back in, uh, in, in Costa Mesa, uh, Dr. Schaefer dude gives like the best adjustments. And I got something weird. Like I herniated a disc in my neck playing against the Rams years ago. And it's pretty funny when I wake up in the morning and this hasn't happened to me in a couple of years, but like I'll wake up and my neck feels a little funny. And I know if I don't go get an adjustment or get, get some, something done to it, it'll end up radiating into some awful shit. And, uh, when we first moved out here, um, I didn't know who to go see. And all of a sudden I woke up and had this twinge in my neck and I knew that I was going to get a bunch of shoulder pain. And so my wife, fuck, I don't know how she found this dude, found some dude out in Liberty Hill who was a chiropractor that also worked on horses. Hmm. So maybe it was a recommendation from the barn people. So I drive out to Liberty Hill, which is a pretty decent hike from here. And the guy, uh, his doctor's office was in a church. So I walked in the church, you know, like going like the side where the offices are in the church. And I see like this receptionist. I go in. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go see this doctor. So we go in. I meet the doctor. This dude's like probably in his like late 70s and sit down. And he starts going through like a, like a little bit of like, hey, what's wrong? And he gives me the uh, like the uh, analysis. And he starts looking at me and he's kind of going through this whole thing. And he goes, did you ever break your collarbone? I like looked at him. And I was like, yeah, when I was like three years old, he goes, well, it's set crooked. He goes, so your shoulder, when it's set, it's a little far, farther forward than it should be. And I think that's why you're having uh, some shoulder issues. And literally this old man got me into position. I remember he like lifted on my neck and, went, and cracked it. And like it instantly, whatever was wrong was fixed. And uh, now and then I ended up meeting Dr. Bob, uh, you know, not long after. So I go see him because he gives a hell of an adjustment. But man, this uh, this old man literally cracked my neck and adjusted me better than anybody ever has. My problem is that's like a 90 minute drive to go to Liberty Hill. So it's too far. It's much easier to go see Dr. Bob and Dr. Bob's a badass. So you got to like Dr. Bob's probably five, five, what? Two thirty five. You ever met him? No, not yet. I got to go. Yeah. So we go see uh, Dr. Bob. He does like the undertaker. Um, U- University of Texas. Yeah. yeah U- UT is yeah. a legend and been friends with Inglodon for like 20 years. Weird. Shocker. So I go see Dr. Bob every week and he does a little voodoo on me. So I think um, being well, able to. Well, like finding a belt squat, squatting, lunging and strengthening lower body yeah. have a positive effect on his healing. Of course. I mean, he should not. He should find any way he can continue to train. But I also think uh, what I was not a huge fan of with the broken collarbone is they just basically set you in the cast or they just set you in the sling and they don't let you move it. I think being able to get it out and be able to do some really light stuff in terms of like some manual resistance and some movement, at least load the joint as like once it starts to heal, heal itself, I think is a smart move. Um, but, you know, micronutrient deficiency is always a good place to start. Make sure you got to eat a high protein diet. You can self- supplement with some calcium. Check out the papaya extract. 
uh, you know, if you have access to a doctor that'll, you know, do use a bone stimulator and then do a little search, look up for that, uh, P E M F and that pulse XL pro. I think that thing pays some massive dividends. Is there anything he should avoid? Um, like if any yeah, movement falling. causes pain, yeah, don't fall and hurt it again because I know, uh, it takes a while for the collarbone to harden. So I know that if you break your collarbone and it heals itself, you're much more susceptible to break it. Uh, it takes a while for that bone to really get hard and nice and fit. So, I mean, but he also, he said what he was at, uh, racing dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very common with dirt bikes, especially getting thrown and getting pitched on your shoulder. So, yeah, uh, I was interesting. I was watching Connor Daly power athlete radio guest in his, his big race this weekend. And there was somebody that got into an accident. Second place just ran himself right into a wall. Not Connor, somebody else. But then, like, he was fighting too hard to hold on to this turn. It was in Nashville. So, like, all wonky turns and stuff. And then, I guess, common practice is if you get in a crash, you got to let go of the steering wheel. Yeah, because you'll break your... Yeah, so this guy was fighting so hard, and he didn't let go of the steering wheel. And that was a big deal for the announcers. And then he has to get out, and he's like... Yeah. Just all wrist all fucked up. And that cost him his season. Yeah. Just fighting too damn hard and not letting well, go. Well, um, they're all strapped in. Yeah. And they, they have this whole, whole neck around uh, deal. So even if they let go, their body's still not going to go anywhere because they're strapped so tight in the sheets. It's not like, it, you know, in your street car and you get rear-ended. I told you I got hit by, I had a 92 Ford Bronco and I got rear-ended by a lady doing like 50 miles an hour. I don't know. I think so. I ever tell you this? I was in Tampa. No. So I was, uh, I was in Tampa. Um, uh, What's like the big freeway in Tampa? I forgot. Um, uh, on my Ocean way to, view. No, no, like, um, oh man, I can't remember. But it was on my, I basically came across the causeway, uh, was on the highway. getting From ready. like St. Pete to Tampa? Yeah, from coming from Clearwater. So oh. I was on my way to Ross. Four and, maybe? I don't yeah, know. I can't remember. Um, I'm stopped. And like I see traffic stop. I slow down. The lady behind me slams her foot on the brake. She gets rear-ended and gets launched underneath and actually uh, hits me from behind the back of my Bronco comes up and the lady shoots underneath and the basically like my oh, uh, gas tank was sitting on her like windshield. Uh, I got hit so hard that uh, I was holding onto the steering wheel. I like tensed and actually broke the steering wheel. So like the steering wheel, like literally the top just shattered, like broke and uh, ended up walking out. I mean, they, they fucked my car up pretty good, but um, ended up having to go and my neck was all jacked up. It was like straight, you know, I had no curve in the neck. So I had to go see that Dr. Glazer and uh, he, dude, he beat me up, so. Man, well, what do you think? You got any insight on what caused it? Was it just the contact or is he not training his neck? Did did something lead to a weakness that then? What, on, on the shoulder? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're racing motorbikes and you get thrown off, uh, like something's going to break. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it's probably anything he did in his training or any other problems. He probably just like, you know, we are pretty much like soft candy shells. I mean, we're not, Some of us, yeah. yeah, we're not very durable, especially when you start talking about like dynamic movement speed on motors and you're on a dirt bike and you get pitched, you know, he's hitting something pretty heavy. I mean, there's, you know, those yeah. dudes get fucked up on, on dirt bikes. Is a, uh, Collarbone common injury in NFL. I know quarterbacks, quarterbacks just taking a lick, but any other position? No. It's uh, it's usually quarterbacks and their arm is up. So they're in this up position and they usually get hit. and uh, Or or a lot of times, so they'll either get hit or they get slammed into the turf. So when you see collarbones, it's usually when mm. someone gets driven 
and the shear force comes down and breaks it. So the collarbone right here ends up breaking. Yeah. Uh, pretty common in lacrosse. Idiots that don't wear shoulder pads that then just take a, a freaking body to it. And then I sprained my AC joint. Mm-hmm. Didn't miss a game, but damn it, it, it hurt to just do anything. Do anything. Um, yeah, no, shoulder injuries suck, man, because the shoulder is so dynamic in nature. Like, you got to think about, like, okay, the knee extends this way, like the hip gets a little, you know, a decent amount of rotation, but it's got the glute and it's got all these other big muscles around it. Yeah. The shoulder for like a 360 joint. And I've, I've always heard people like, oh, you know, uh, uh, the shoulder's designed poorly. That, that was a big Great. one with like, you know, uh, physical therapists. Oh, it's designed shoulder, you know. Uh, it's not. It's just susceptible to injuries. You know, I mean, if you think about like our legs are planted on the ground, so we're always in this closed chain. I mean, the only time our hands are planted is if we're doing a push up. So for the most part, it kind of floats into this open chain deal and it does so many things. I mean, it's just a really interesting joint in the way it kind of fits. But definitely uh, this, a broken collarbone is not something to, you know, like uh, like it's not an uncommon injury, but it's also an injury that if it doesn't set well. Or if it doesn't heal and you rush back too fast and you run into more problems, I think it's just going to be compounding. Oh, yeah. So like me, it, you know, I mean, you break your collarbone that young, uh, you know, and it took a doctor, you know, I mean, geez, you know, 37 years to figure out that your shoulder was, you know, that, that it, it somehow set a little bit far forward. But when you break a bone that young, I mean, how are you supposed to know how it's going to grow? So. All right. Last question. Bone health pre any breaking like what can people do is it supplementation is it just chugging milk is that an old wives tale uh, for bone health yeah i mean uh, all, all that's calcium related um but there's a bunch of key factors for like calcium absorption i think the biggest thing comes down to stress and lifting weights uh, i think if you continue to stress you continue to lift weights the bones will get nice and thick um the you know definitely a high protein diet i mean you know diet rich in calcium which you know looks like green leafy vegetables uh you know the obviously dairy and milk you know high in calcium but people have a lot of dairy allergies so i mean you know like there's an idea if you're allergic to milk where do i get calcium well there's a ton of calcium in broccoli so just not Mm. being able to get it from the same sources um i think a high protein diet is the bigger contributing factor high protein um and then for the most part um, not doing things that weaken the bone. Um, you know, I know like, uh, you know, cigarettes and, uh, you know, I'm sure you can, if we did a quick Google search, we could find a whole bunch of things that weaken and necessarily just strong bone mass. Yeah. Ugh. So cigarettes. Um, yeah, just be, just be smart. Let it heal. And I think you should be fine. Uh, you know, when you go and you do a little bit of ancillary research on bone healing, the biggest one is time for the most part. Everybody, assuming they're healthy individuals, heals up from bone breaks. Cool. Cool. All right. Any All right. Other, anything else? No, just if we answered your question, Joe, least you can do is leave us a five-star review. Hey, any place that you can review a podcast, go smash it. Give us a five-star review. If it's something cool, witty, and elegant, we'll have Chauncey read it on the podcast. And uh, other than that, thanks for tuning or in. Or Joe. Oh. You have a lovely accent. <laughs> we'll Joe. send it to you to read and record for us. I like it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Power Athlete Nation. Thank you, Joe, for another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. 
Head to powerathletehq.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit academy.powerathletehq.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!